Welcome to Profiles, a three-part podcast that dives deep into the lives of promotional products professionals. This episode is brought to you by Geiger, where you get what you need with an experienced global company, a supportive family of like-minded peers with a strong sense of corporate social responsibility and superior e-commerce and cybersecurity technology. Some roads aren't meant to be traveled alone. Join Geiger and experience success. Hello and welcome to our third series of Promo Corner's new podcast, Profiles, where we talk with longtime industry professionals to hear their stories and their take on the promotional products world today. I'm your host, Steve Woodburn, and thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. In this month's series, we're talking with Norman Cohen, chairman of the Advertising Specialty Institute, better known as ASI, about his 70 years in the world of branded merchandise known as promotional products. Now, the chances are, if you're on either the distributor or supplier side of this industry, you stumbled into it completely by accident. The exception to that rule are those whose families were already doing business here. There are no college classes on selling promotional products, no trade schools, or online degrees. So, for those who are new to this line of work, what advice would Norman offer? Our industry is a low-cost-of-entry business as a distributor. Supplier, if you're already making a product, imprinting it is not that difficult normally. But as a distributor, you don't have to make a huge investment to be a distributor. And if you remember, we're a relationship industry and you try to keep a relationship with your clients, not just every time you see them try to sell them something, but try to help them grow, try to make them understand that you care about their business. I mean, I, in the early days, uh, anytime I read anything happening good about anybody I ever called on, I wrote them a note congratulating them because I meant it, you know, great for them that that's happening. Uh, and if I found out their birthday anniversary or some occasion of consequence, uh, I would send them a modest food gift and just say, you know, best wishes. Uh, and if you continue believing and understanding about relationships, you will succeed. One of the ways ASI has continued to grow their business over the years is by reaching out to what Norman calls neighboring industries, a tactic considered controversial by some who want to limit somehow who can sell branded products. One thing that has helped our industry grow uh, are what we call neighboring industries. People that are in the sign making industry, people that are in the small printing industry, uh, people that are in the award, trophy, uh, on and on, industry, they have customers and they many times, because of the industry they're in, have their logos. So to add, add specialty products, promotion products, products to what they're offering is not a very big investment and they can then go pretty easy to people they already have a relationship for their normal business with. And that's one of the things that's kept our industry growing over the last number of years is people coming in from the neighboring industries and finding out they can add promotion products, add specialties to what they're offering their traditional clients, and then they can grow from there. 
and some have done extraordinarily well, some haven't, of course, uh, but uh, that's the advantage of our business, I believe, is that it is not an expensive, nor do you have to get uh, a four-year college or longer, in some cases, degree in order to enter it or in order to be successful in it. Then you have the people who sell on price alone, something that doesn't sit well with Norman. One of the things that disappoints me, I suppose you could say, about the industry is that many salespeople sell on price. They call on a prospect. They see that he may have a calendar on the wall or he's got an imprinted ballpoint pen or his staff is wearing some kind of uniforms with logos. And he says, uh, what are you paying for those? And I'll sell you for 10% less. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I've had the good fortune of speaking to many of the regional association meetings over the years, and I've told them the same thing. And I believe it. You will never be the low cost provider. Why? Because there's always somebody who will sell for less. Maybe not intelligently, maybe they're misjudging. Maybe they think if they get their foot in the door, then they can start selling at normal prices. However, if you bring an idea to an end buyer, or if you're a supplier to a distributor, that can help them go to an end buyer and say, if you use this product that I'm offering you, not a commodity, not selling it because it's 10% less than somebody else sold it to you for. But here's an idea how you can use it to grow your business. That's the future, was in the past and is in the future of our business. If we become a commodity business, we will never grow. If we stay an idea business, we'll continue growing. And again, five or 10 years from now, I believe firmly that our business will be doing, I don't mean our personal business, the industry, will be doing $30 billion or more. Our industry currently faces many challenges, including sky-high freight increases, massive shipping delays, inventory shortages, and not enough labor to fill vacant positions, especially on the supplier side. From the perspective of ASI, what are the challenges Norman sees us facing? There are things I wished we could accomplish uh, that we haven't. Uh, I wish that there would be much more cooperation internationally in our industry. Uh, I, I would like to see more American manufacturing than we have, as you well know, uh, a significant portion of what this industry sells is made in Asia. And there are now huge supply chain problems. Uh, people have run on modest inventory uh, and now are having difficulty in timing of the vessels coming over with the merchandise. So there is gonna be in the next few months some disturbance uh, and maybe that'll be helpful to American suppliers. Uh, and of course there's potential inflation in China as well as elsewhere. Norman's been married for 56 years to the love of his life, Suzanne. But prior to meeting her, he says his dating life was eh, pretty boring. When I met my wife, uh, I was on a trip uh, of a group 
called Young Presidents, Presidents of Medium-Sized uh, uh, Companies. And it was the first trip around the world they'd ever taken. And there were about um, 40 people. Uh, all were couples except two of us, uh, Warren Avis of Avis Rent-A-Car and, and myself. I had never even gone steady. And you might wonder why. Well, maybe you can figure out why. <laughs> but separate from that, because when I was in college, a date with me meant I picked you up at the dorm, uh, again, Iowa State Teachers College, uh, around seven o'clock, went to the library. I don't mean some classy name for a bar or a restaurant, the library. And I studied from seven to 9.45 because I had to take the girl back by 10 o'clock to the dorm. And you can imagine after the reputation got around, that. A date with Norman Cohn uh, was uh, pick, going from the dorm to the library, spending part of the evening that you could be out of the dorm there, and then being taken back. Uh, then I went to the office to work, and so obviously I didn't have a lot of people that were dying to have dates with me. During the trip, he noticed a beautiful woman chatting with Warren Avis of Avis Redicar, and decided he needed to get to know her. But an, the Athens airport, uh, I see this beautiful woman, and uh, but I have no clue where she's going. And our group was on its way to uh, from we were in Athens, Greece, on our way to Rome. And uh, then I saw my friend Warren Avis get in a discussion with her. So I decided, well, I'm going to find out what's happening. So I walked over, and Suzanne, my now wife, uh, uh, and I got an intense discussion and she missed when her plane was being called. She was flying also by chance to Rome, but on a different flight. I said, hey, this is great. You're going to Rome, I'm going to Rome. I'd like to take you to dinner tonight. She said, I can't. I said, why? She said, I'm from Australia. We have not been formally introduced as sort of the English background. Uh, she originally was from Poland. And then after the Holocaust, her family wanted to come to America, couldn't, ended up, uh, and she lost all, met many people during the Holocaust period, and it was hidden in, for three years and didn't go to school and uh, was in, under floorboards. And, and uh, anyway, uh, not a wonderful time. Uh, anyway, so she grew up in Australia. And with a British background, she said, I'm just not used to meeting somebody and going out with them. He found out where she was staying and left a message at her hotel telling her he would pick her up at 7 p.m. for dinner and left his hotel number. She called him back, but she still wasn't on board for dinner. About 45 minutes later, the phone rings. I said, you know, I answered. And she said, how did you find out where I'm staying? I said, if you will go out to dinner, I'll tell you. And she said, I can't. I said, look, we already went through that, but now we've become acquainted. She said, no. She said, a very good friend of mine is married to the medical attache of the Australian embassy. And they just had a baby and I brought a gift and we're having dinner together. And I thought for a minute and I said, look, here's an idea. Why don't you eat just a little bit at the dinner and then maybe we'll go out a little later. 
uh, she thought, and then she said, well, I have some conditions. I wouldn't have cared what they were, but I said, well, please tell me what they are. She said, uh, apparently you're with this group. Uh, we can't go out to dinner together. I mean, can't, I misspoke. We cannot go alone to dinner. I said, no problem. Secondly, she said, I will only have an entree. An entree to me being an American was the main course. To Australians and British, it is the appetizer. I didn't know that, but I wouldn't have cared if she said, I'm only gonna eat alligators. So I said, okay. And she said, I can't go out early uh, because I'm having this, you know, dinner with my friends. Uh, I said, and I like to eat late anyway. So I said, well, look, I'll pick you up at 8.30. She agreed, and Norman immediately jumped in a taxi, went to a restaurant he'd never been to, tipped the maitre d', and said he'd like the most romantic table in the place when he returned in a few hours with his date. Norman takes it from there. And I came at the appropriate time for taking her out. We went to Alfredo's Rome, and as I walked in, the maitre d' said, ah, Mr. Cohn, nice to see you again. Well, he met me two and a half hours before. Uh, I said, I have your favorite table. I never eaten there before, but I said, thank you. So we go in, the restaurant was jammed. And as he seated us and walked away, Suzanne said to me, you promised we weren't gonna eat alone. I said, Suzanne, we're not alone. The, look at the restaurant, everybody's here. And so in any regard, good things happened. We got married uh, and uh, have children, and I'm the luckiest guy. And I guess uh, one of the things I could honestly say that I regret, that I didn't meet her earlier. Whether earlier I would have been able to have been uh, effective as luckily I was when I did meet her uh, is unknown, but in any regard, we have been together, uh, married 56 years, and uh, I hope there are many more. Uh, I'm blessed. And is there a secret sauce for staying happily married for so long? I believe this. If no matter what, you're going to sometimes have a disagreement with your partner. And if you can go to bed at night holding hands, uh, then you can be married. 56 or hopefully more years. All of us hope the time we invest in our careers and personal lives will leave behind when we pass a legacy we can be proud of. What does that mean for Norman? Well, at my age, 88, I have thought about that some, as you can imagine. I didn't think about it when I was in my 30s or other years. Um, from a family standpoint, I hope I'll be thought of as a good husband, father, grandfather, maybe even great-grandfather. We have 10 grandchildren, seven of whom have interned during the summer, but you can't work as part of the family in our business unless you've worked at least two years outside the business and want to come into it and have graduated college, etc. Uh, so from a family standpoint, that's what I would wish. From a business standpoint, I guess if people would think, hopefully accurately, that ASI helped build a business from less than $300 million 
uh, to hopefully 30 billion and growing uh, and gave us some mention in that growth. Uh, that's, I guess, the legacy I'd be, I would wish for. Uh, and again, uh, I didn't do this. We have been very fortunate and uh, Tim Andrews deserves a tremendous amount of credit as our present CEO. My children have been helpful. Our 400 employees have been helpful. So, uh, but uh, I guess that would be a, if that was what, when my name or our company came up in the future, that's what people would feel uh, I would be pleased. And what about the future of ASI in regards to the Cohen family? Our family loves this business. Um, we have uh, been, as everybody in the industry today, because there's so much money out there among investment firms, uh, have been being chased by some uh, that have made stupid deals, stupid offers. Uh, we are dedicated to continue being a multi-generation business, hopefully will be, but you know, you never know what the future brings, but that's our goal. After 70 years in the promotional products business, Norman has much to be proud of and much to be grateful for. ASI employs hundreds of people working to create products that will help distributors and suppliers be more successful. Norman's goal for ASI is to continue to be on the cutting edge of technology and develop new products and services the industry embraces. We're busily interviewing other industry icons, so be on the lookout for our next series. From all of us here at Promo Corner, thanks for listening to Profiles. I'm Steve Woodburn, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to Profiles. Join us again as we continue to explore the lives of people who have impacted our industry. This episode is brought to you by Geiger, where you can experience growth with a global network of distribution and sales facilities and compensation that recognizes your worth. Join to support a family of like-minded peers because some roads aren't meant to be traveled alone. Join Geiger and experience success.